Today and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, May 18th, 3.05 p.m. Congratulations to all you graduates out there of Harvest Christian Academy and all over the island. You worked hard. You've made it this far. I hope you enjoy your special evening of graduation. This is Live Till 5. We're broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, KHMG. Glad to be with you today. Over 22 years of live, local, well, not all live, local broadcasting right here on Guam. Much live broadcasting as well. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Beautiful Christian music, Bible-based programming, preaching, teaching, devotional, encouraging, radio broadcast centered around God's Word. Glad to be with you today. If you ever miss part of the show, tune in Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. When we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, two hours of live local talk and variety programming rebroadcast on Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., you can also download the podcast through our website, khmg.org. That's khmg.org. Not just the podcast of this show, but many great shows we produce here at KHMG. Also, let us know you're listening through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us on Facebook. Follow us. Then anytime we upload a new podcast link or a new devotional thought or some pictures, you'll be notified. And we, we love to hear from you. You can send us private messages through Facebook as well. And we love your suggestions and your feedback. We are constantly getting feedback, either on the sidewalk or people texting us during the show, stopping us when we're out, out and about, or sending us messages through our Facebook or email. So we would love to have you let us know that you're listening. Let us know what you like about this show and other shows because we really appreciate it. And without your feedback, sometimes we're not quite sure, okay, are we hitting the mark on this this program or how many people were listening at this time? So we just love to get your feedback. So please let us know. Go to Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook. Leave us a message. You can follow us on Twitter as well and Instagram. And then, of course, our website, khmg.org. There's an email link there as well. And you can listen live through the link. Just click and click on the Listen tab, and you can listen to the live stream of our radio broadcast. You no longer have to have a radio sitting on your desk with an antenna with, you know, tinfoil on it and make sure it's set next to the little ficus tree just right so that you get a good signal. No more need for that. If you have the Internet, you can just listen through the live stream there on the website, khmg.org. Now, 
Bob the Librarian is always providing great things for us here at Live Till 5, including but not limited to this list of observances that he gets through his top-secret confidential library resources. This month of May is Family Reunion Month. It's uh, between Mother's Day and Father's Day, apparently. Family Wellness, Food Allergy Action, uh, Gardening for Wildlife, Get Caught Reading, Gifts from the Garden, Global Civility Awareness, Global Health and Fitness, Go Fetch, Food Drive for Homeless Animals. I don't know how that would work on Guam. There's so many homeless animals here, and they all seem to be doing pretty okay. Golf Month, Haitian Heritage Month, Heal the Children Month, Healthy Vision, Homeschooling Awareness, Huntington's Disease, International Audit Month, International Business Image Improvement, Civility Awareness, Mediterranean Diet Month, Victorious Woman, Jewish American Heritage, Latino Books, Lupus Awareness, Maytag Month, Melanoma Skin Cancer Detection and Prevention, Mental Health Month, Military Appreciation, Motorcycle Safety, Mystery Month, National Allergy Asthma Awareness, National Asparagus Month, Barbecue Month, Better Hearing Month, Bike Month, Celiac Disease Awareness, Chamber Music, Comfort Month, Community Action Month, Duckling Month, and National Egg Month, just to name a few. The month of May has, it looks like, more observances attached to it than any other month that I can remember in recent. Weekly observances. We're coming up on the end of a number of weekly observances. Food Allergy Awareness Week is ending tomorrow, along with Medical Transcription, Nursing Home, Police Week, Return to Work Week, Transportation Week, Women's Health, Fun Week, Root Canal Awareness, Salute Moms, 35 plus an hour week, Salvation Army Week, Work at Home Moms Week, uh, National Bike to Work Week ends today, Etiquette Week ends today. We're about halfway through National Foul Ball Week and National Safe Boating Week. So just to name a few weekly observances. Then on the daily observance side, so this month is heavy on the monthly observances and light on the daily observances. The 18th today. Buy a Musical Instrument Day in honor of the Music Man Creator. Uh, Endangered Species Week, or Day, sorry. I Love Reese's, not the monkeys, but the candy, Day. Uh, International Virtual Assistant Day. NASCAR Day. National Bike to Work Day. Uh, National Museum Day. Pizza Party Day. O. Henry Pun Off Day. And Visit Your Relatives Day. The 19th, Armed Forces Day, Boys Club Day, the Doodah Day, May Ray Day, Morel Mushroom Day, National Asian and Pacific Islander uh, HIV Awareness Day, National Learn to Swim Day, Scooter Day, and the Preakness is tomorrow, the big horse race in the States. The 20th, the Beta Breakers Race is the oldest foot race in America. Eliza Doolittle Day, I believe that is also from... Um, that is from Eliza Doolittle. It's from Pygmalion, but also the musical, not the music man, but my listeners probably know. My Fair Lady. Yes. Eliza Doolittle Day. There you go. National Rescue Dog Day. Neighbor Day. Ride Your Unicycle Day. Oh, that's stepping it up a little bit because today's Ride Your Bicycle to Work Day. 
But on Sunday, if you ride your unicycle to church, you are in a whole nother level, so to speak. Uh, Soil Stewardship Day, uh, Take Your Parents to the Playground Day, Weights and Measures Day, and World Autoimmune Arthritis Day is Sunday. Monday, Accounting Day, Red Cross Founders Day, uh, Strawberries and Cream Day, Waiters and Waitresses Day, Pentecost Monday, World Day of Cultural Diversity and Dialogue and Development, 22, Canadian Immigrants Day, uh, Biological Diversity Day, Maritime Day, Sherlock Holmes Day, Victoria Day, and World Goth Day, apparently. The 23rd Declaration uh, of the Bab Day, I think that goes with the Baha'i Religion, Emergency Medical Services for Children Day, uh, let's see here. Taffy Day is on the 23rd. Orienteering Day, something I would like to try one of these days, kind of like cross-country with a compass. And World Turtle Day. And then the 24th to round this out, Aviation Maintenance Technicians Day, Brothers Day, Eat More Fruits and Vegetables Day, International Tiara Day, and Morris Code Day, to name a few. Now, there's plenty more where that came from. I do want to say a quick Word of congratulations before we go to break for Harvest Highlights to Pastor Brian Leonard, who won the weight loss competition. We had a competition going the last couple months. Some of us did better than others, and the one who did the best, losing almost 20% of his entire body weight, Brian Leonard's. Uh, 40-plus pounds. So big sacrifice, put, put a lot of time and energy into that, and he won the grand prize today. So if you see Brian, even though you might have a harder time seeing him because he's so slim, go up and give him a big hug, maybe a big wet kiss on the cheek as well. It's Harvest Highlights coming up with Chris Harper here. Short break, and then we'll be right back. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is 3.23 p.m. on Friday, May 18th. Glad to have you with us today. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is Live Till 5. If you go to our website, khmg.org, you can find a podcast of this show. But not just this show, but many other great shows we produce here. Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin. Building Great Leaders with Dr. Lesolala, Harvest Time, Harvest Echoes, Take Note with Chris Harper, a number of other programs as well. So just, just a plethora of, of good Christian programming there at your fingertips. You can download those, listen to them at your leisure. And we have the entire library of resources in our website catalog so you can look it up by topic you can look up a message by speaker you can look up a message by date i believe by bible passage so i encourage you to go there and check out the resources really a valuable valuable tool live till five of course is there as well probably the least 
life-altering program on there, but we do intend to entertain you a little bit. We hope to edify you, encourage you, build you up in your Christian walk, sometimes educate you on a few things, and overall just put a smile on your face on a Friday afternoon, or if you're listening to rebroadcast Saturdays from noon to 2, or if you're listening to rebroadcast on Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Now, putting a smile on your face, uh, I have this article from The New Yorker by an author named Rianne Conk, April 30th, 2018. This is very recent. And it says, cool facts about the library. And this was presented to me by, guess who? Just take a, a wild guess. Yes, Bob the Librarian. That is correct. So here's the article. I just thought, it's so interesting. I'm just going to read it to you here. It says, I am a library expert. Nobody loves a library more than me. Now this is Rianne Conk from The New Yorker here. Here are some amazing facts that you may not know about the library. It is, it's, it's a little bit of satirical article, by the way. It's illegal to yell fire in a crowded library. You have to go whisper it to each person individually. Again, this is satire. Before the introduction of the first America's public library in 1833, there was nowhere you could go to conduct research for free. You probably just had to use the internet. Whether uh, they sort their books alphabetically with the Dewey Decimal System or the Library of Congress System, all libraries agree on one thing. I should have finished my tuna fish sandwich outside. That is correct. These are just a bunch of little satirical statements. Very, very humorous. Those of you who love the library, get in library mode. You're going to love this. The library is often seen as a serious, humorless place. But did you know that if you tell that, if you tell the librarian that the only thing you're interested in checking out is her or him, they will sometimes give you a pained smile for, and then change the subject. Many people don't want to admit this, but you can learn more by spending a single day in a library than you could spending uh, spending four years loitering outside of Seven Eleven. If you were going to the library for the very first time, you could be forgiven for thinking that it was a church founded by some guy named James Patterson. It's a common mistake. Really thick books have many nicknames, doorstops, tomes, nerd magnets, but to me, they're just extremely hard to steal. If you're looking for a book that's titled How to Very Quickly Learn to Defend Yourself in a Physical Fight, and you notice a group of teenagers in leather jackets hanging out uh, where that book was shelved, combing their hair menacingly, you would probably take that as a good sign, right? Well, you'd be wrong. The library is a great place to get to go learn about even the most niche topics. For example, did you know that the mating call for the three-waddled bellbird when imitated by human will cause a librarian to say, Sir, if you don't leave on your own, I'm getting security. The outside of a library is the perfect place for method act- actors who are studying for the role of the guy checking his watch who could have sworn they opened at 11 to rehearse. For now, physical books are still more popular than e-books, but as soon as e-books start incorporating the rest of the alphabet, physical books are probably done for. Did you know that some libraries are not even called libraries anymore, but media centers? And did you know that knowing this will not be enough to distract the library security from the fact that you are not wearing uh, appropriate attire? Most people don't know that the reason librarians are always shushing you is because they're trying to figure out uh, what's going on with all these books. And uh, basically, HeadSmart's uh, Highway, uh, HeadSmart's Highway, Learning Lollapalooza, Print Paradise. These are just a few of the library rebranding ideas that uh, some people are suggesting as they're writing this journal article. There you go. Just a little satire about the library. Some some 
library humor. You know, it's it's a it's a niche type of humor. But you know, librarians are so fun loving and you know, they they deserve to be recognized. We have at least one librarian that I know enjoys listening to this show and just all around great, great person, Bob Shuck. Hey, Bob, you might like this story. Perth, Australia, Reuters, oddly enough, annoyed at seagulls that pester the patrons, a restaurant in the Australian city of Perth has armed customers with water pistols to stop the birds from ruining the waterfront dining experience. Toby Evans, the owner of Three Sheets Restaurant in the capital of Western Australia, said the seagull problem was unusually bad and something had to be done to keep customers from being scared away. It was bad. I can't say it with an Australian accent, but it was bad. It was bad. I think uh, it's this time of year, he told Nine Network Television on Wednesday. Now they're getting cheekier and cheekier. That means they're getting, you know, more in your face. The seagulls congregate near the waterfront restaurant and at a marina, Hillary's Boat Harbor, scavenging leftovers and hoping for scraps from diners. Evans decided to equip each table with a water pistol, and customers say the strategy, adopted since Saturday, works. We didn't have to throw anything at them or run for cover, said one customer. So very interesting there, the seagulls. I don't know if you've ever been pestered by seagulls, but they are quite menacing. And... They don't understand personal space at all. They like to just get right on your plate and take your food. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, have a little This Day in History quiz with Sebastian Basil Dua. Hopefully some What's in My Coffee. I think our drinks are on their way up from the hub here soon. You're listening to Live Till 5, episode 265 on this Friday, May 18th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is KHMG. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this short break. With a little more live till five. The Hawaii Five O theme song is one of the original bumper songs of this program. Episode 265. And I think in the first three or four episodes, I incorporated the use of Hawaii Five O in the bumper music. And I found that the old Hawaii Five O is more orchestral. If that is is a proper that's a word, yeah, yeah. So it's more orchestral. So I just liked it more. It's just a a more full sounding song, and it sounds really good on the radio. It's a little bumper there, little nice. little trivial information about a trivial song um, on a trivial radio show. On a that's a, that all seemed unusually negative. Yeah, well, it's trivial. <laughs> it's just trivial. It's not, and, and trivial doesn't have to be. If trivial is negative, then I'm in big trouble because what, that's my whole brain. That sounded <laughs> a little bit like a verse from Ecclesiastes. Trivial, trivial. Well, you trivial. know, all is vanity. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, well, yeah. it could be. Um, by the way, I did, uh, I kind of lost track of myself here. 
Um, I just uh, texted uh, our coffee shop manager, head barista, Jeremy Wendell, and I just texted him, drink ETA, and then he texted back, it's on its way now, and then I texted back, I love you, exclamation point. <laughs> Too strong? I really like you. And then he said, ha ha, no worries, sending up some filled malasadas too, and I said, okay, Woo. back to I love you. <laughs> so, well. yeah, and speaking of... Speaking of filled malasadas. Yes, there's... Uh, Thank you. There's uh, some of our best friends from down there, Malasadas Drinks. Thank you very much. You want to come on the radio with us? Okay, all right. She's good. All right, and I know Lawrence is trying to get up here. He's he's trying to get his priorities straight. He does have to oversee some of uh, graduation there tonight. There are Malasadas here. This yes. ridiculous. Malasadas. Oh, I, I know what that is Ooh. there. We got some special drinks, so we're going to get into those in a minute, but... To go along with the fact that I need to be on a diet, and this is just a constant reminder, everything I do. Uh, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about happy little accidents. I got these these different uh, additions to the show from Helen Middlebrook. Thank you very much for providing me with the book called Accidents May Happen, 50 Inventions Discovered by Mistake, Charlotte Foltz Jones. And this week, I want to talk about artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners. For example, this one, saccharin. It's the pink packet, by the way. Saccharin is a substitute for sugar. It's more than just sweet. It's 300 times sweeter than sugar. Saccharin has no nutritional value, but it can be used to sweeten food for people who cannot have sugar, such as people with diabetes or people on weight loss diets. Saccharin was discovered more than 100 years ago by accident, hence uh, the mention during this segment. Um, in 1879, Constantine Saccharin, no, just kidding, Constantine Fallberg. But they didn't want to call it Fallberg. It just doesn't sound as tasty. Fallberg was a student working under Professor Ira Remsen, at a, a brilliant chemist. The lab was at John Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. One day, Fallberg was experimenting with antiseptics and food preservatives. He was working with several chemicals, including toluene, toluene, T-O-L-U-E-N-E. Anyway, I'm obviously not a chemist. That evening, but I know how to say saccharin, at supper, he noticed that his food tasted sweet. He soon realized that the sweetness was on his fingers. What kind of chemist goes home and doesn't wash his hands before he eats? What if he would have been working with, with some kind of poison? Yeah. Uh, funny, this tastes like rats. Okay. Uh, he ran to, returned to his laboratory and tested everything he had been working with. Finally, he discovered the combination of chemicals that was the source of the sweetness. Later, the mixture was named saccharin, and it was sold in the public in, to the public in 1900. In the 1970s, saccharin was found to cause bladder cancer in laboratory mice and was declared unsafe for humans. Funny, you can still consume saccharin in large quantities. Pink packets of sweet and low. That is saccharin. It's a saccharin uh, oh. product. And it does have a warning about rats' cancer, uh, rats having cancer. So, and it is super, super sweet. That, My least favorite yeah. of all artificial sweeteners. Hence the the what people will say is saccharin sweet. Saccharin that, sweet. That, it's kind of a put down though because you say, Too sweet. oh his right. his uh, the thing that he just said was kind of saccharin sweet. Yeah. Just, it's like negative pejorative because yeah, it's like three hundred times sweeter than sugar. Sure. So sugar is sweet enough. If you're saccharin sweet, too sweet. Right. Just too sweet. 
Something's and funny maybe, about it. And maybe maybe even cause cancer. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, yeah. so sweet it caused cancer. And, you know, the funny thing, so saccharin, Chris would remember this. Uh, Sebastian wasn't born yet. Nope. But the uh, cola tab, cola. Of course, yeah. Tab cola was a saccharin drink. Oh, wow. And it was super sweet. I remember my mom would use tab cola and and mix it with water. Put, okay. put a little water with it to water it down because it's too sweet. Anyway, kind of killed all the bubbles, too. Here's another one. Sucaril. Sucaril is a trademark for an artificial sweetener that was also discovered by a similar accident. Boy, I would not trust a chemist to like be in charge of making the church fiesta food. They no. obviously have dirty fingers. Sure. I mean, we that's a given. They already we know they have dirty fingers. Michael Svita, a chemistry graduate student, was working in a laboratory at the University of Illinois in 1937. He was trying to develop a new drug that would kill bacteria. One day, Svita picked up a cigarette from the counter and noticed that it tasted extremely sweet. He checked the containers he had been working with until he found the one that had produced the sweetness. It was calcium uh, cyclamate. Calcium cyclamate was later named sucaril and was made available to the public in 1950. Like saccharin, it, you, it is used by people who should not have sugar. Sucreal. I have no idea. I've never had that. NutraSweet, aspartame or NutraSweet, was discovered by Dr. James Schlatter. Schlatter was working for a drug company in 1965 trying to develop a new drug to treat ulcers when he heated a batch of chemicals and accidentally spilled some. Later, again, a dirty finger, uh, he licked his finger to pick up a piece of paper and notice a strong, sweet taste. He realized the taste must have come from the chemical he was working with. He had just invented accidentally NutraSweet or aspartame. What? What is the deal? Three with these chemists, dirty-fingered chemists, discovering sweet artificial sweeteners. I am, I am incensed. I'm almost beside myself with with rage right now about this because <laughs> really, why don't they wash their hands? What if they were working on something different, like rat poison or something? All these, all the moms listening right now, they're furious about this. Yeah. They're saying, see, kids, see. And then the kids are saying, yeah, but they're all, they became wealthy laboratory you chemists. Think so? Maybe if the kids are. It could have been. My kids. I'm like, well, yeah, but look at the benefit, the risk, it's sort cost. Of, cost. It, it gives you, it, it doesn't give you a good thought. None of them really accomplished their goal, but they. Right. Kind of their failure came up with something. What, what about all the stories of the people that were trying to discover, you know, some deadly nerve agent and they licked their finger to change the page in the phone book or the tv guide they're they're dead that's right that's right and they probably died of people thought as natural causes but no they were just another dirty fingered chemist those people (laughs) they they should teach hand washing in chemistry class yeah i'm gonna talk to our our chemistry teachers and we're gonna have a little special training on that you think so super dangerous super dangerous and they're no longer allowed to make uh, desserts for the church picnic. Yeah. No chemists allowed. Hold yours. They're, they're on um, uh, igloo cooler refill duty from now on. Great. I decree igloo that. Igloo cooler? Like igloo cooler. With ice? Yeah, they have to fill it with ice and water. But everything, they'll just contaminate all the water. Oh, you're right. And that's what everyone drinks. Not everyone eats desserts. That's true. Or maybe we'll discover a new sweetener. <laughs> or maybe we'll discover a new sweetener. This water is strangely we'll sweet. We'll call it, <laughs> we'll call it, uh, yeah, we'll call it. Strangely sweet. 
Gyarados. Gyarados, no. the new sweetener. And uh, yeah, no. It's, I just don't understand that, though. Three chemists. And they all discovered sweeteners by licking their fingers. Or the one guy picked up the cigarette, which his fingers had touched. Again, what if? Look, this dude's already smoking. I mean, he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's living dangerously. That's right. True. True. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone back then smoked, but yeah, it's it is true. You are you are absolutely right. I mean, you know, he already didn't have very good, um, you know, he he wasn't thinking straight. He wasn't thinking about his health. Not at all. Not at all. No. So anyway. Well, guys, we need to distribute some of these drinks, and I think I have time to take maybe like a little one-minute break. What we'll do is we'll take a little one-minute break, distribute these drinks. Maybe Lawrence will make it up here by then. And then play a little What's in My Coffee from the Hub. So thanks, Hub, for providing these drinks. Jeremy, I meant what I said in the text. I do love you as a brother when you bring stuff to the show. All right, we're going to take a short break. Listeners, stick around more live till 5 after this very short break. And we're back with a little more live till five. Mmm. I just got a, a whiff of that hot drink, Chris. You must have. Did you take the lid off or something? It just. I, I cut a uh, a, a larger vent oh. hole in the top so you can drink it just a little bit faster. And just that little that little addition, it filled the room with a sweet smelling savor of your coffee drink there. Yeah, I haven't tried to taste it yet, but wow. maybe, maybe I should. It smells great. And Sebastian's already enjoying his as well. We're hoping Lawrence is going to be able to make it by. Maybe we'll play a little What's in My Coffee while we're waiting to see if if the man, the myth, the legend will make it up here or not. Because he is, I mean, it is his day job to be the principal of Harvest Christian Academy, the high school. And it is high school graduation tonight. So I can see how there might be a conflict in schedule. So we'll we'll flex with him. We'll give him, give him a chance. Give him a chance, people. Don't, don't be too hard on him. Now. We uh, do want to say thank you to our friends down at the Hub who provide provide this segment for us every week. They give us drinks and sometimes even snacks. Today it looks like they give us some malasadas even. You can go by there every Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., the greatest little coffee shop on Guam. Lots of drinks and treats. It's just wonderful. We're going to play a little What's in My Coffee where we take a drink, not knowing what these things are, describe them to you, and then you just by our sheer persuasive skills, say, I need to go get one of those next time they're open. All right, let's play a little What's in My Coffee. Sebastian, why don't you start for us? Yes. Okay. I will go. I will do this. Uh, the napkins I got for this segment uh, were just uh, I got from the coffee shop earlier, and a drink had been sitting on them because I was running low on napkins. But uh, for anyone who's out there wondering that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Like you know cr- what? Like you, cr- I just picked up my malasada, <laughs> and it tastes just as sweet. And I forgot to wash my hands before the show, so oh, I'm guilty of the same thing. You now I can see how it happens. It's like a log in your own eye and a speck in someone else's. A sweet log in my own eye. 
and a <laughs> chemical speck in someone else's. Well, let me describe this drink for you. It is a, it is a cold drink. It is a smooth, like like creamy drink, and it's um, got bits of chocolate chips in them. Mm. And um, it's a very attractive drink. It is. I would call it the deluxe supreme Allied Commander of drinks. <laughs> uh, uh, it is the, Keep ja- going, the, Java, the Java chip. <laughs> I, I believe it's the Java chip uh, drink. I, did, I didn't. Um, I didn't know what the Java chip was. Java chip. So Java was for the longest time. It's like a coffee, right? Like a certain kind of coffee. Java, Java is coffee. Yeah. 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 It's named after the Indonesian island where they used to grow the majority of the world's coffee. Oh, Java. Okay. Right. Then they had a blight, which killed most of the coffee crop, but people still, wow. especially from that generation, post World War II, still refer to Java as coffee. They had a blight. Um, oh. They had a blight. Which was Seriously. Bright. So then the coffee production moved to South America. Hmm. Really? But they still produce some coffee in Indonesia, Sulawesi, places like that, but nothing like what they did pre-World War II. Oh, wow. A blight, yes. Hmm. A blight. It's like a some kind of, yeah, almost I, like a, yeah. the equivalent of an infection in a plant. Right. But I think it's a microorganism. Got it. Wow. So anyway... Um, your drink doesn't drink. taste like a blight at all. No, it I looks awesome. That. Java chip. That's your guess. Stomach, I hope. For listeners, he doesn't know what it is. He's guessing that it's Java chip. Chris, what does yours taste like? It smells good. This, I, I think this is just a mocha. I'm going to go with that because before I have tasted something and I thought perhaps this isn't a mocha, perhaps it's something else, and my taste buds have fooled me. And this time, I believe... This is just your regular, everyday, average mocha, which I like. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. Yeah, just so. Chocolatey. For an everyday, coffee. average guy. That's right. <laughs> hey, it's an above-average drink for an above-average guy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I've, now, I've washed my hands recently, too. So that's good. That give me a, <laughs> that's good. good. We need some hand sanitizer in here, by the way. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to open mine for the listeners. And you hit the microphone with it as well. That's so right, that's because good. it's a glass bottle. And uh, let me take a sip. Mm. Oh, yes. Tastes different after you've just eaten a cream-filled malasada. But uh, this is a brown glass bottle with a lemony drink inside of it. But it's not just a lemony drink. It also has a, a vinegary taste to it. Mm. I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that this is a kombucha drink, which they sell in the little refrigerator section down there in the hub. Now, kombucha is a vinegared living drink, so it's good for the gut. And I've got a lot of gut that needs good. So this is perfect (laughs) for me. It's good for digestion. It adds the good kind of bacteria in your gut. And basically, the microorganisms that grow in these kombucha drinks continue to grow and thrive and things like that. And so it's kind of like when you eat yogurt and you get a little of that acidophilus in your system. This is also very good for you. But it can be a little off-putting if you're drinking it out of a clear bottle yeah. because it looks like someone left something in the bottle before they filled it because it has like a – looks like mold growing in it, actually. Yeah, it's very know. similar to that. And, but it's, a, it's a, I think, more of a, like a yeast or something. But – it grows in there, and it's, uh, yeah, it's tasty. You do have to get used to it. It has a, a strong vinegar smell, 
and it has a kick of a taste, you know? And so what they do is like this drink combination, this is like a kombucha lemonade combination. Really good. Hard to drink while you're talking on the air, though, because it is highly carbonated. So I'm going to set this to the side and drink some during the break. But very tasty. Now, let's let's confirm that we know what we actually ordered. Now, there's a dark pink fizzy drink sitting here for the next person to come in. Java Chip. Oh, I was right. That's yours. They were going to give you passion fruit iced. Oh, they got me to say it again. Passion fruit iced tea. <laughs> Java Chip. Uh, you have a hot mocha. Great. It's like they're reading our mail. Yeah. I have a mango passion fruit. Oh man, uh, kombucha! <laughs> I didn't know they even had passion fruit and kombucha. I do. Might have changed my you thought opinion. Thought it was lemon. I thought it was lemon. It is a lemonade type drink, I think. And then, uh, ooh, so whoever comes up next gets to have the Juan special, which is the strawberry Monsi fruit oh, splash. This is Juan's ooh. favorite. It's Juan's favorite. Juan, congratulations! You have a drink named after you. Most people have to like win the green jacket on the, you know, Augusta National ten times before they name the Arnold Palmer after you. Yeah. But Juan gets one for just being a swell guy in the right place at the right time. The Juan special, strawberry Monsi. So congratulations, Juan. Congratulations to Lawrence or whoever comes up here to drink this in a few minutes. Now I don't think we have enough time for the quiz because we are about eh, four minutes. From the top of the hour, so and this is a very yeah, heavily information All right. uh, based quiz. Yeah. Well, let me read a story to you guys. Let me read your story, Uncle Jared's story time, and you can react to this however you like. Um, a pair of camels. You don't hear that as the beginning of a story very often. Yeah. A pair of camels that escaped a traveling circus in Bremen, Bremen Germany, mm-hmm. on April second, were apprehended at a nearby McDonald's. Circus officials say the animals, including one large camel named Ivan the Great, slipped away and were only missing for 30 minutes. But that was enough time for the Bactrian two-humped camels to wander into a grass field adjacent to a McDonald's and begin chowing down on the grass. In February, a camel escaped from a different traveling circus in Limerick, Ireland, and was spotted by locals strolling through the drive through Camels have a thing for junk food, apparently. That's how they keep that, that hump on their back uh, so big and uh, full. You know what went through my mind? I, the Bremen? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is what went through my mind. There's a football team, mm-hmm. Werder Bremen, and I was wondering if they got relegated from the Bundesliga this year, which is mm. the top tier yes, right, right. of German football. And I know they were close to relegation. Relegation this year. is when you get dropped to the next tier down and right. someone moves up. That would be Bundesliga two yep. from Bundesliga. And so I'm gonna that's I'm gonna go look it up. And then right. Limerick. Yes, Ireland. There's a team called Limerick. Yes. Plays in the Irish top flight. Yes. And I'll tell you, that's they didn't get I, relegated, as far as you know. As I don't know anything about the Irish League, but I know what their logo looks like. Is it it's a got, camel at McDonald's drive-through? It's not a camel. No. Okay. It's like it should be. I don't know. It's some sort of. There's literally a hand on their badge with like a with two fingers oh, up, like a peace like sign victory. or something. Okay. Perhaps victory. Yeah. 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 So I mean, you know, you, that's, that's what the goes beauty of mind. this show, and and our listeners know this better than anyone on the whole planet. That it is a show of tangents. It is. We just get the conversation started. Let's say, for example, you're a social recluse. I know a few of those people. A recluse. A recluse. 
or a recluse. Or a recluse. recluse. I've heard it both ways. It, it I have heard it yes. both ways. <laughs> and and you just don't know what to talk to people about. Why don't you invite them to go for a drive with you around the island between 3 and 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon or noon to 2 Saturdays or 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night after church. Say, will you please go on a ride with me? Because they're a social recluse, so they're not going to say much. But say, And so they motion to get in the car. <laughs> and then as a social recluse, you don't know what to talk about. Just turn on this show. It's a conversation starter. The first conversation should be, wow, you also listen to Live Till 5? My thousand best friends on Facebook all like Live Till 5 as well. Because the person you invite is not a social recluse. Social recluse is like, what's Facebook? Hey, let's go for a drive. And then you can get conversations going and just have fun and laugh. You might laugh to yourself if you're a social recluse. But that's what this show's good about. Is It's a great tangent show and a great conversation starter. And it saves people's relationships, their marriages, their families, their, their lives sometimes. Yeah, and all people, the social recluses will no longer be hidden and bunkered down in their houses. This whole yep. island will be social and talking. People and aren't even listening great. anymore because they, they got off on a tangent at the beginning probably, of the show. Probably. And, to it, and, so, and, and, uh, and I only have uh, two things to say that. Two words. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. We, we're here to help you. And so as we help you, we want to give you a little bit of news. So we're going to take a break. For the news, you're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News and a second hour of Live Till 5. And I promise, if you come back, we're going to have a quiz, talk a little bit about history, and our topic of the day, graduations. More Live Till 5 after this short break. With a little more live till five, I'm your host Jared Baldwin. Episode 265 of Live Till Five here at Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is 88.1 FM KHMG, and we are having an enjoyable afternoon sipping my kombucha. The other guys have already almost polished off their drinks. We have a guest joining us. To fill in for the infamous Lawrence Nangast, no stranger to you guys, because I know he was on the air, I think, when I was off last island. Week. Uh, yeah. Last week. Yeah. Titus Bogus. He's back. Hello, hello. I remember when this guy was a kid, like yes. a child, <laughs> like like knee-high to a grasshopper type, type child. <laughs> That's my favorite. Now he's knee-high to a, I don't know, a no. Voltron. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's big. He's, he's a big guy. He's a tall guy. Hey, Titus, you get that Juan special drink there. Which is a Calamansi strawberry fruit splash. Oh, wow. And then you also get a, uh, 
that that uh, greasy bag there inside is a malasada. filled malasada. It's wow. the end of the day malasada, so you know you can get them fresh in the morning or late in the day. Can I give an update? Sure. Uh, County Limerick. Oh yeah, for Limerick listeners from FC the first hour, we talked about Limerick and we talked about ninth in the Ireland Premier Division okay. this year. So they were a healthy team this year, and Verda Bremen mm-hmm. in the Bundesliga finished eleventh. Did they get relegated? Some, not relegated on the bubble. That's that's pretty the, low, right? They were they were low in the Bundesliga, but not relegated. Just for the people that were that's right keeping score at home. You know, I I would imagine just knowing our audience, a few people had pulled their car over, hoping that you would give that information before they can continue <laughs> on right. in their journey. I'm so, sure, they did, but that's great. You know, it's I just thought again, I'd that's how I live my life. It's, it's a show of tangents and 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 conversation. It's wonderful. It is. So now Sebastian has a little quiz for us, and we brought Titus in so we could whoop up on him. Uh, we like to bring in people <laughs> into our house and then, right. you know, uh, do the quiz. He also has a drink. Nice. So, and we had the free drink, so, you know, it's the there least we, we can do. So now Sebastian. It's time for a quiz. I call it a certified quiz. Because hmm. this is actually a, a quiz about uh, graduation stuff. Awesome. Yeah. I, 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 see the, I see the tie-in. <laughs> no need for explanation with us. <laughs> we we got what you're throwing down. All right, here we go. You ready for this? All right, uh, we'll start with Chris. Yes. Jared, and then Titus. You can okay. give your answer here. When it comes to a commencement address, we're going by height, uh, smallest <laughs> to tallest. Tallest. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, correct. When it comes to a commencement address, many colleges lure in a speaker using money. Generally, how much could one of these speakers earn from from one of these? Speeches, so like, you know, think of generally like mm. commencement address big, speaker. Big, yeah, yep. commencement address. I okay. would imagine a lot um, of money: fifty dollars, five hundred dollars, five thousand dollars, more, or fifty thousand mm. dollars. Fifty thousand dollars for a mm-hmm. man. Generally, mm-hmm. what was the third option again? Five thousand dollars. Five thousand or fifty. That's a big range between those two. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try to split the difference here. I'm just going to say five thousand. That seems yeah. that still seems a little steep to but me. You think but 5, think about perhaps. think about some of these politicians and superstars. They don't roll out of bed for less than twenty k. Right. I mean, <laughs> they, they 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 literally. I think fifty thousand easy, wow. easy fifty k for one yeah. thirty-minute speech. Yeah, I would, I would. That's where I was going to go to fifty k. I would say even higher, probably. Wow. So, All right. Yeah. Well, the correct answer is D, fifty thousand. Yeah. Um, is that right? Fees can range anywhere between twenty-five thousand and fifty thousand, and um, and two or a hundred thousand. In two thousand nine, at the Florida A and M graduation, the speaker Bill Clinton waived his usual fee of a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's generous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have a list of all the 2018 top commencement speakers later on in the show. I'm going to read those. Oh, nice. And they are all, you know, CEOs, executives, celebrities, things like that. Some of them aren't that good. I got to be honest with you. I have, so I've seen there have been, it's sort of like a TED talk, you know, where people will, will build it up as though it's something great. And they say, oh, listen to this inspirational. Um, uh, commencement address and you'll listen to it and you'll get about three, four minutes into it and you'll think to yourself, this is just the same boring right. speech right. that I've heard before. Right. Sorry, yes. this isn't any good. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I got to... So they don't get their money's worth. very disappointing. Yeah. Right. Now, there have been some great ones. Of course. I like it when someone that has, has kind of made it 
and now they're going back to their alma mater, speaking to their oh, own yeah. alma mater, and telling a little bit of their story. I think that's always pretty interesting. The uh, you could see how fifty thousand would not be that hard if they have a thousand graduates, and the graduation fee is a two hundred fifty dollars graduation fee. They're only using, you know, twenty percent of the fee to go towards the speaker's honorarium. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. Well. Next question. Titus and I are in first place, just in case anyone yeah. else is keeping score. Yeah. Uh, Chris is in second. So that's good. There you go. <laughs> uh, while honorary degrees may be hard to acquire, how many from this list received an actual college degree? So they put the time in and, and right. you know, were there mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. years. Ben Franklin, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, or John D. Rockefeller? It can, this can be multiple answers or none. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about John D. Rockefeller, but his level of um, his level of uh, I would say um, prominence prior to his success was high, so he could have afforded to go to college. So I'm going to say Rockefeller. Not sure about any of the others. I don't think I don't think Jobs or or um, Gates Gates. Went to college. Ben Franklin, got a college Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, John D. Rockefeller. I think. I thought Bill Gates did. I thought it was. Did I would he? say Gates and Rockefeller would be my guess. Oh, so you can pick two? Yeah. Oh. I, I said this could Which be multiple or not. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. We can go back to you, Chris, if you'd like yeah, to. Yeah, add there wasn't anyone if you want. There was no football teams involved. So yeah, sorry. Right, right. Yeah. You had already drifted away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm going to say probably. Well, I don't know. Probably Ben Franklin is what I'm going to go with because all three of those guys are entrepreneurs. So, um, you know, Steve Jobs, Apple, Bill Gates, Microsoft, and then Rockefeller, what was oil? Standard oil. Yeah. Standard so oil. Among those, other things. Yeah. Yeah. So all those guys, maybe at knee cause necessarily. I know I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs dropped out and then Bill Gates, I think, dropped out too. So they may have gone. Mm. I think that's, that's they the farthest. They earn it. Yeah. yeah. True. They, they earn a degree. I think, I think Ben Franklin is the one. All right. Final answer is you're all wrong. None, none of them. None. none. Really. Benjamin wow. Franklin had an honorary from Harvard, Yale, the William and Mary College, St. Andrews in Scotland, and Oxford. Trick uh, question, eh? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Steve Jobs, he he went to Reed College and is a dropout, and he yeah. didn't he didn't even earn an honorary from Stanford where he gave a commencement speech. Yeah, very famous speech. Um, yeah. uh, Bill Gates has an honorary law degree from Harvard. Mm-hmm. And John D. Rockefeller, but they give um, those out like you know, like candy. <laughs> yeah, like candy yeah, on yeah, Halloween. Exactly. Well, like every commencement yeah. speaker, they hand out in a grandma room. neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how much they give them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then John D. Rockefeller only completed high school. Yeah. Really? Wow. <clears throat> well, he did all right for himself. Well, yeah. see, yeah. and that's that's one of the <laughs> educational true. parts of the show. See, kids, you don't need to go to college. All you there going <laughs> to graduation tonight? When they, when you walk down the aisle, just tell them. Gonna go find yourself for a couple of years. You're not. You don't need to go to college. You just. You're gonna need, be an entrepreneur. You just need to be aggressively curious and furiously brilliant. That's right. That's yeah. Just those two things. Just right. those two so things. That honestly, be easy. Uh, come on. That's yeah. you guys are halfway there. Uh, originally, one of the, one of the sources I was looking from. Originally, one of them said Bill uh, Billy Graham. Was on here, but he did actually receive. A, he did. Oh, he graduated from, from a, a Bible Institute. Yeah, yeah, he went to Bob Jones and transferred to Wheaton, graduated from yeah, there. So, so that's why I had to like really study out this question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right, good job. Next question: It is believed that the tradition of throwing the caps into the air was started by one of the military branches. Hmm. Which military branch? Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard. Hmm. 
Army. Army. Navy. Air Force or Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. It'd be less dangerous uh, if it wasn't the cap that they have today, which could really bean you if you got hit with one. <laughs> Those th- they're heavy. Yeah, I have to wear one Sunday night. I'm telling you, it's a, you know, it's the whole mortar, mortar board, mortar board. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I I digress. I think it's uh, Navy because the Naval Academy. Yeah, I think. I think Jared, you're you're on the right track here. I think it's either I think it's either Navy or Army. You can only ju- pick ju- one. This just one. just for the sake of the game and for winning, we're gonna go with Marines. <laughs> so <laughs> Navy. That wasn't one of the choices. That was one of the choices, yeah. wasn't it? No, Marines. Army, Coast Guard, Navy, <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> I didn't go to choice. <laughs> we'll go Coast Guard. Though. Coast Guard. Coast Guard. There you go. Okay. There we go. All right. Jared, you get the point. All right. Navy. Nice. We can Navy. thank the Navy for this tradition. It's thought that the practice of chucking one's cap to the heavens at the end of the ceremony started in 1912 at the U.S. Navy, Naval Academy's graduation. For the first time, the Navy gave the newly commissioned graduates their officers' hats at graduation. So yes. they no longer needed the midshipmen's caps yes. they, they'd been wearing for the past four years. To show how pleased they were, the new officers tossed their old headgear up in the air. Yes, yes, yes. And and they still do that as a tradition today. You can see they all toss them. But they're round. They're not the mortar boards. They're round. Oh, yeah. They, we yeah. used to call them uh, bus driver hats, but they that's kind of what they look like. They're okay. Barney Fife type uh, hats. <laughs> Sorry, Navy <laughs> Academy graduates. <laughs> Dave and Rick, Big Mike. <laughs> a boss guys don't don't be offended not all those guys are navy academy they're all navy but not academy all right well next question it's a true false one uh the graduation song you know you guys know the, the song for graduation That's yes pomp and circumstance um, finds its origins in the u.s military true or false mm. i have an article about this but i haven't read it yet so i'm not sure false Falsity. I would say false. I think it's from a classical piece. Or it's from a... Uh, oh, I know what it's from. Now that I do remember. Yeah, false for sure. <laughs> okay, I'll go with false for sure. I'll go false. Okay, let me, let me see you if I remember. Isn't it sure. like a coronation, like Edward VI coronation or something like that? Uh, the, so you're correct. It's from the British military, actually. Uh, the graduation song is often referred to as pomp and circumstance. was actually a small piece of Sir Edward... De Elgar's 1901 composition, March Number One in D Minor, part of his pomp and circumstance military march series that spanned nearly 30 years of his career. So yes, it's from actually from a British. So I was wrong. This no, was it's correct. You're, oh, it's correct. correct. Okay, this right. was Staying in false. an old Nick Brown. Um, I think I remember that, culture yeah. vulture segment. Yes, maybe last. And year. we even played the song. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. On the air. So All right, well, we started out playing Dixie, and he hated that, and then we switched over <laughs> yeah. to that. Yeah. All right. One last question. Uh, true or false? We call diplomas sheepskins because they were at one point made from the skin of sheep. True or false? Wow. I mean. I don't know, but it's just crazy. Sounds just crazy enough to be true. I would think true because uh, I think they used to write on vellum or something, which was like a some yeah. type of sheep or goat skin. Could be. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Sheep's Why don't you say false just in case? Right, just just in case. Sort <laughs> of us. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Why not? False. We'll go false. Just just to <clears throat> just to see what happens. That's a good move. Well. <laughs> Thanks for making the score 
Uh, wait, never mind. So you, uh, Titus, you and Chris are in second place. Jared got first. Nice. Oh, it you. was correct. It was true. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, my certified quiz. There you go. Thanks, Sebastian. Certified that was great. Me. All right. I now, uh, let's, let's just talk a little bit about the weekend before I let you guys go here. Titus, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, this weekend, uh, Saturday, we're having a boat trip for the athletics. Nice. Yeah, so that was uh, – I helped with um, – what was it? JV basketball for the boys this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're taking um, – I think Matt Nolan and the athletics department put together a boat trip, so we're all going out there. I did not agate, so that'd be Great. a good weekend, yeah. Have you been on one of those yet? Yeah, I've been with one of the um, McGrews, and they took one out. Great. Yeah, they're yeah. fun. Cool. Great. Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I think I'm going to go to Ross, and there's probably going to be a lot of people there because mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. So Yes. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> make sure your phone is charged up so when you're standing in line, you can uh, check your data plan. I refuse to go to Ross. Oh, it's not that bad. It is terrible. It, it, sometimes you can get through there in and out. If you have a return, so here, here you yeah, go. Yeah, this is the Buy trick. Buy one go. ugly, inexpensive item, and right. then you get to get in the front of the return line. Or and jewelry. As as you, if you always have, or if you're buying jewelry, but that's yeah. kind of an expensive Risky right. maneuver. Yeah. The classic maneuver is buy an ugly tie, keep it with you. Next time you go, buy a different ugly tie. You always have something to return. Always have something to get you the front of the line. So when you return, you, you can also it, buy game something in the system there? a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you do. Well, same thing with jewelry. Wow. It's like if there's not a long line for jewelry, but sometimes yeah. there's a long line for jewelry, yes, too. Yes, right. Because yeah. everyone else heard my show about getting yes. jewelry oh, to I get know. the front of the line. Now the whole, all of Guam hears this. Yes. That's right. Gonna I'm going to get everyone to flood to the return line, Sebastian, so you can get in the regular line. Thank you. I don't want you and Jessica to have to be on your feet too much. Yeah, thanks. So, there you go. Uh, Chris, what are you doing this weekend? It, well, it's been a long week trying to get some rest mm-hmm. as much as I can. How's your um, lung capacity, by the way? It's doing, it's doing okay. I'm not I know Mimi, one of our 100%. listeners, is very concerned for you. Who? Mimi, one Mimi of our was, listeners. Yeah. yeah. I, I would not be surprised. She's, Her and the she's whole a great flock. lady. The whole yeah. flock and Mimi were worried about you. Good. Well... I'm doing okay, but I'm still going to try to get some rest this weekend, if at all possible, and then church on Sunday. And uh, are you know, still well, on the albuterol treatments? I've only had to take. I've only had to just take them once in the last few days. So I've been taking them every six hours or whatever previously. So are you still slathering Vicks okay. Vapor Rub on your chest like you were earlier, or no? <laughs> That's not something I've done. But <laughs> yeah. Well, they used to do it on the feet, too. You put right. The, or put feet, onions yes, on your feet. You ever yeah. heard of that one? Oh, I've heard of Yeah, yeah those, those are nice. Maybe I've even not, done that. Not big into the home remedies, as yeah, you might imagine. Well, slathering Vicks Vapor Rub is not necessarily yes. home re- I mean, no. that's just a remedy. Yeah. No. It, it, that menthol, the Vicks Mentholatum Rub, deeply penetrates into your lungs. You feel like really? you're breathing. Yeah, you feel like yeah. you're just breathing like a... Sure. Like slathering a, an air is freshener. an interesting word. Slathering. Yeah. yeah, that's what we usually do with barbecue sauce on ribs. But it also <laughs> works for Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest. <laughs> Fun fact for you. Okay. Well, this weekend I I don't know what I'm doing. I was trying to get opinions from you guys. I might do Ross. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Uh, no, wait, I don't like to do anything at the same time as anyone. I don't want uh, people party to think at Ross. Yeah, it's like it's like a shopping a shopping date. No, uh, we probably won't do that. But uh, we'll probably sleep in tomorrow. So uh, it, yeah. it has been a long week. So listeners, that's the end of the first hour. Guys, thanks a lot for your time. Thank really you. appreciate Thank it. You. And uh, wait a minute, it's not the end of the first hour. It's just break time. Yeah. Not the end of the second first hour. hour actually. Second hour. Yeah, yeah, we're in the second hour. We're gonna take a short break. We're coming back. So no end, no hour. Just ignore what I said. Um, it's the Vicks Vapor Rubs getting to me in here. It's so <laughs> minty. I see. And uh, we'll take a short break when we come back. A little more live till 5 after this break. It is episode 265 on this Friday, May 18th, 421 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Stick around more live till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, episode 265 on this Friday, May 18th, 4.25 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us today. Just having a little lighthearted fun today. Sebastian was here. Titus. Chris is still here with me. And Chris has a little something from one of the previous things that came up on uh, one of the other shows. Right, Chris? Uh, we have a, a new show at 1.30 from Bob Jones University. It's called The Daily Platform. And earlier today on The Daily Platform, Dr. Steve Pettit, president of Bob Jones University, who was just out here a few weeks ago, really. Yep. And uh, we got to talk a little bit when he was here doing Harvest Time and about doing the show, The Daily Platform. And then today he had something about... Uh, at the beginning of his sermon about leadership, and I think he's talking about he was talking about wisdom. He's been doing a series in wisdom, and um, uh, how that sometimes uh, I'm not sure these are his words. I'm kind of paraphrasing what I've gotten out of some of it. Is that uh, when we think about wisdom, sometimes it's against the popular um, thoughts of the day. Of course, God's thoughts are always. Um, in so many ways, anti-worldly thoughts. You know, it's exactly the opposite of what the world teaches. And then he told a story right at the beginning of the sermon, and I thought, I'm going to look that up. I have never heard that story, but that's one that I've got to keep, you know, I've got to, I, I, I sometimes collect these things and kind of keep them on file, especially if it's a story like this. But this particular story is about Booker T. Washington in regards to leadership. And I found it on several leadership websites. And so there's, there's got to be something to it. And it's, it's virtually the same narrative each time. But I'm going to read this one to you. It's from theleaderscode.com. It says that shortly after Booker T. Washington became the head of the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, he was walking past the house of a wealthy family. And the woman of the house, assuming that Washington was one of their yard workers, now these yard workers had been hired by her husband, and so she assumed that he was one of them, and she asked him if he would chop some wood for her. So Professor Washington smiled. Now keep in mind, he's the, uh, the head of the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. He smiled. He nodded. He took off his coat and he chopped the wood. When he carried the armload of wood into the woman's kitchen, a servant girl recognized him and rushed to tell her mistress of his identity. Now, the next morning, the woman appeared in Washington's office, apologizing profusely, and she said repeatedly, I did not know that it was you that I was putting to work. And Washington replied with grace and generosity, it's entirely all right, madam. I like to work and I'm delighted to do favors for my friends and neighbors. Wow. The woman was so taken by his manner and his willingness to forgive that she gave a generous gift to the Institute and persuaded many of her wealthy acquaintances to do likewise. It says here that in the end, Washington raised as much money for the Institute from one act of chopping wood as he did from any other of his fundraising efforts, maybe even any other of his fundraising efforts combined. Wow. One act out of humility and out of a genuine desire 
to just be a help and considered this woman a friend. And uh, I just thought that was an interesting um, profile in real leadership. Now, what I have to tell you is the world will not tell you that this is leadership. In fact, our world today tells us so often that the highest level of society is the victim. If you can make yourself into a victim of any sort, you're the greatest person uh, in society. Not true. This man thought humility was a higher standard and thought genuine helpfulness was a higher standard. And so I thought that was a biblical response from yeah. Booker T. Washington and a kind of a leadership lesson for us today. And and uh, I heard that earlier and wanted to look it up for myself, and I thought it might make a good live till five sort of a side note. Absolutely. So, yeah, you did take note. Now this is side note. Side note. Yeah, side maybe. Note, maybe a new segment. Could be. Well, that, we that story about Booker T. Washington makes me think of that verse in, in the New Testament, I believe it's the New Testament, I can't think of the reference right now, where it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Right. Um, and, and just the, the concept that um, we can walk around perpetually offended. Sure. Every person in this world is going to let us down. Our leaders are going to let us down. Our family is going to let us down. Our friends, our, our spouses, our kids, you name it. It's just a matter of time. Because people are imperfect. Uh, I would say that every one of us is going to let someone else down as well at the exact same rate and maybe even higher. We might be letting people down at a greater rate than people are letting us down. And we can walk around offended by those things, constantly in a state of agitation because don't they respect me or don't they care? or How come they haven't apologized? But, you know, that illustration with Booker T. Washington... Or if you are humble, you can say, well, you know what? God's in control. Um, this is not a, an excuse for me to be proud. And when it comes to loving God's word, it, it gives you a right perspective of how big God is and that God is on the throne and God's in control and he sees what just happened. And instead of me walking around offended about it, because I love God's word, I love thy law, we don't have to be offended, but instead we can just say, okay, God's in control. I can I can take this in stride. You know, God knows. And life is short. Let this opportunity that God has placed in my way for a reason. And uh, what a neat, neat result for Booker T. Washington. And the story is still being told today. And, and on top of it, something needed to be done. And he was there to do it. Yeah, it was helpful. It was helpful. He was there to do it. I tell a story of my former boss, who was a captain of a, a, a riverboat. Now, I always have to give the... The disclaimer in Alaska. On the old Mississippi? No, in, okay. in Alaska, okay. we don't have gambling, so I <laughs> okay. didn't work on a gambling boat. Because I'm from Missouri, and so riverboats are casinos yes. where I'm from, yes. We don't have gambling like okay. that in Alaska, so just so you know, it was a tour. It was a riverboat okay. tour. that makes sense. And uh, one, one day across the radio, just before everyone... Now, keep in mind what a captain looks like. He's got... He's perfectly pressed with his white shirt, his black slacks, his... Uh, he's got the... the, the um, on his epaulets. shoulders, he's yep. got the epaulets. He's perfectly dressed. He's got his cap on. He's a legit riverboat cabin uh, captain. This this uh, riverboat seats nine hundred people. Whoa! And we're going on a tour, so a huge, huge, huge boat. 
and uh, and it comes over the radio that a there's a major coffee spill in the galley. So they have these huge coffee uh, urns, mm-hmm. and one of them had apparently spilled or knocked over. And so we're talking about maybe a dozen or more gallons wow. of coffee, uh, many gallons of coffee, huge urn, you know, li- huge thing. And so there's been a spill, and basically it's it's covering the floor of the galley. But the galleys are they have a on a boat you always have these lip this big mm-hmm. lip right. up into the anyway. So uh, it comes across the radio, and so several of us determine, you know, I'm running this video camera and everything, but we determine we're going to run down there because we know there's going to be a ton of coffee. So we run down there, and the first thing we see when we get to the galley is the captain on his hands and knees in coffee with paper towels trying to mop up the coffee. Wow. So the captain had beat us there and was mopping up the coffee on his hands and knees in his captain's outfit. No doubt got dirty and everything. And uh, the guy that came in and I looked at each other and what was in my mind is, hey, I can work for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, he just saw what needed to be done. He got there before we did, and there he is. And I just thought, that's a leadership lesson yeah. right there. You did, I mean, he just, it needed to be done. Yeah. And he was there. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's I've told that story many times. Uh, it was Ryan Binkley is a captain, and, and they have a, a great riverboat tour in Alaska. If you ever happen to get to Fairbanks, take that. Go those there. Are, those are real, real people there. So. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, my my first experience with something like that when I was 18 years old, brand new in the Air Force, Friday afternoons and Friday evenings. If you worked the Friday evening mid-shift, uh, you had to help with the floor crew yep. where we had to wax strip, wax, polish the floors. Yep. Everything, typical military operation. So that was our whole evening job. And uh, one of the early Friday nights of me being there, um, the first chief master sergeant I knew, he was an E9, highest ranking enlisted guy he could be. He was the chief over our whole logistics squadron. Uh, he came in, rolled up his sleeves, and helped mop the floor. Yeah. Put down the strip stripping uh, compound to strip the wax off the floor. And uh, Chief Urbanus mm-hmm. was stripping the floor for us um, right beside us. I was an E2. I was the second lowest ranking guy you could be. Lowest ranking guy in that shop for that little bit of time. And Chief Urbanus and I are mopping side by side. And it just occurred to me, he doesn't have to do this. He could already be home. It's the mid-shift. It's, it's Friday evening already. Yep. This isn't even an urgent issue. Yet he's in there demonstrating servant leadership. And yep. I, I don't know if he was a believer or not, but just the concept of being humble enough. I think it goes back to our pride. You know, that keeps us from having a response like that where you serve. It keeps... You know, if Booker T. Washington was full of pride, he would have just straightened that lady out right on the spot. And this story would have never happened. Uh, your your captain would have never got down on his hands and knees, but it made such an impression on you and your coworkers. Chief Urbanus would have never helped mop the floor, and it wouldn't have made such an Im- impact on me. So I think humility, with humility comes great influence. And uh, God really blesses it. For those that are believers, God really just uses humility as such a great tool to demonstrate Christ's likeness. I think it's it's an essential character quality in believers. Yeah. So, well, thanks, Chris. That's great. And you said, so tell us about the Bob Jones Platform Program again when it's on uh, the air. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. We used to do two hours of take note. 
Mm-hmm. We've reduced that to one hour from two to three. I find it to be a lot more compact. I basically take a break after every after every uh, song, and so it 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 fits in about the same amount that I used to do on the two hours, but it's a lot more compact. And so at one thirty, we've added the daily platform. Usually, Dr. Steve Pettit is the speaker, but every once in a while there'll be other people, Dr. Sam Horn, um, a few other people, uh, professors or Bible. Bible professors at Bob Jones, but most of the time, Steve Pettit. So a voice you're familiar with, uh, 1.30 in the afternoon. Great. On KHMG. Great. It's a 30-minute program, you say? Uh, thirty About 30 minutes, yep. Okay, excellent. Okay. All right. Well, yep. Chris, thanks for uh, giving us the extra time there. Hope you have a great weekend. Listeners, I'm going to take a short break. I hope that you've stick around for the last 20 minutes of Live Till 5. It's 4.40 p.m., this Friday afternoon at KHMG Studios. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 265 here on Live Till 5. Stick around a little more Live Till 5 after this short break. back with a little more live till 5 4 41 p.m on this friday may 18th glad to have you with us today i'm jared baldwin your host episode 265 if you ever miss part of the show saturdays noon to two sunday night 7 to 9 p.m catch us on the rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety all two hours of it on 88.1 fm you can also find us online khmg.org you can listen to the stream there we live stream the show all the time there or You can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs that we produce right here at 88.1 FM. Find us on Facebook as well, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Now, our topic for today, graduations. You ever notice that they play the song Lead On, O King Eternal, and many graduations? Well, that's because, according to the TanBible.com, Timeless Truths for Transient Times, let's see here, it is... Ernest Schertleff, author of this text, was about to graduate from Andover Seminary in 1887. His classmates, recognizing his poetic ability, shortly before graduation one day, approached Schertleff with this request. They said, Ernest, why don't you write our class poem? After all, you have already published two volumes of poetry. What's the use of having a distinguished author in the class if he cannot rise to the occasion and do his class the honor of writing a good poem just for them? Let me make a hymn that we can all sing, replied Shirtleff. We've been spending days of preparation here at seminary. Now the day of March has come, and we must go out and follow the leadership of the King of Kings to conquer the world under his banner. Although the metaphors and expressions in the hymn were intended to challenge the graduating class of 1887 at Andover Seminary, the truths of this hymn have challenged the world. That's written by Kenneth Osbeck. Lead on, O King Eternal. The day of March has come. Henceforth, in fields of conquest, thy tents shall be our home. Through days of preparation, thy grace has made us strong, and now, O King Eternal, we lift our battle song. Kind of a military-type-themed 
song. You'll hear that played at graduation throughout the weekend here at Harvest Christian Academy, Harvest Baptist Bible College. But the song that's probably most familiar to most is the song that Sebastian mentioned during his quiz earlier, Pomp and Circumstances. Pomp and Circumstance, sorry. Pomp and Circumstance, hard to imagine a graduation without it. Music commentator Miles Hoffman stops, uh, basically writes a little bit about this Sir Edward Elger song, Pomp and Circumstance. The title came from a line in Shakespeare's Othello, Pride, Pomp, and Circumstance of Glorious War. In 1901 is when Elger wrote this song. First became associated with graduations in 1905 when it was played when Edgar received an honorary doctorate from Yale University in 1905. Played as a recessional, not as a processional at that ceremony. And it kind of goes on, uh, talk about a number of other things. Uh, This was from the NPR Morning Edition bio on that. I found this this list on the collegeraptor.com website. Top 25 colleges with the highest graduation rate. This is 2018 rankings. Uh, there's really five, five categories, and there are many ties in these categories. So there's 25 schools, colleges, but only five because so many of them are tied at the same percentage. Yale has an 87% graduation rate. It's in fifth place. Tied for fourth. At 88% graduation rate, the U.S. Coast Guard Academy, Lafayette College, Boston College, Vassar College, Tufts University, Dartmouth, Vanderbilt, Columbia of New York City, the United States Naval Academy, Williams College, all tied for fourth at 88%. In third place, tied for third at 89% graduation rate, Kenyon College out of Gambier, Ohio, Middlebury College, Swarth. Moore College, College of the Holy Cross out of Worcester, Mass., Colgate University, Washington University. Oh, no, Colgate and Washington are in second place. Sorry, I skipped over here. At 90%, Colgate University, Washington University of St. Louis, Princeton, also 90% out of Princeton, New Jersey. But the highest graduation rate college, uh, there are a few tied for first place here on this list, Pontifical College of Josephinium, in Columbus, Ohio, Davidson College, 91% also in Davidson, North Carolina, Carleton College in Northfield, Minnesota, Georgetown University, 91% in Washington, D.C., and University of Notre Dame, 91% in Notre Dame, Indiana. Those are the highest percentage graduation rate colleges in America. There's a list of what are the top gifts for college graduates. Written by Samantha Matt at usatoday.com. Just came out this week. These are the 16 best gifts for college graduates of 2018. A nice watch that's back in style. Remember there was a time where no one was buying anyone watches as gifts because everyone can tell time on their phone. Well, you know, a nice classy watch, especially for a college graduate. Kind of is a nice little, nice little symbol of refinement and adulthood. Number two, a new laptop for a college graduate. Three, an upgrade from the red solo cup. So getting getting someone a nice cup. There's this uh, copper version of the red solo cup out there. It's kind of cool. A nice weekend bag, uh, you know, like a duffel bag, like a leather duffel bag, something they would have for a very long time. Some people are bag people. 
a business card holder. That's kind of a cool thing. It's something that not everyone's going to give them, something that could hold their business cards. An Amazon Echo, if they don't have one already. A coffee maker, that's that's kind of a cool little gift, a coffee maker, maybe on single-serving uh, ones. A camera that's not a smartphone. A gym membership. A new suitcase, you know, that's kind of communicating, hey, you're going places. An instant pot. You know, all their moms have one. Get them an instant pot. They, that's something they could use right away as a young adult. Books, of course. A nice wallet. Not just the kind you get on the discount aisle at Ross, but just get them a really nice wallet. Jewelry, of course, is always popular. Or just straight up money. Money is something that every college graduate uh, is probably a little short on after spending so much on college itself. Some of the greatest graduation speeches, according to Inc. Magazine. Now, I I don't know if I can agree with these or not because I haven't listened to all of them. Uh, Let's see here. Steve Jobs at Stanford University in 2005, he said this, I'm convinced that the only thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. And then he kind of goes on. It's it's extra famous, I think, because he was already diagnosed with a fatal illness at that time. Admiral William McRaven, University of Texas, Austin in 2014. It matters not your gender, your ethnic or religious background, your orientation, social status. Our struggles in this world are similar. And the lessons to overcome those struggles and move forward, changing ourselves and the world around us, will apply equally to us all. Doesn't seem that motivating. I think, though, he is the same uh, admiral that uh, did say, make your bed. I think he was the one that, in that same speech, said, make your bed. J.K. Rowling at Harvard University. Uh, Let's see, who else? President Barack Obama at Barnard University. Uh, Let's see here. Jeff Bezos at Princeton in 2010. He said, there's, there's a difference between gifts and choices. Cleverness is a gift. Kindness is a choice. That's very nice. Michelle Obama, of course. And then Meryl Streep at Barnard University. I was curious about what made colleges uh, the Ivy League. You've heard people say, oh, that's an Ivy League school. Well, here you go. And this is from the website, The Best College Reviews. Ivy League schools are considered to be the most prestigious of all colleges in the United States. These schools are primarily located in the northeastern part of the country. There are eight total colleges that are considered to be Ivy League. These schools are Brown, Harvard, Cornell, Princeton, Dartmouth, Yale, and Columbia Universities, and the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, so, and the University of Pennsylvania. Of all institutions of higher learning, these elite schools are considered to be the most outstanding and the most sought after in terms of acceptance and graduation. Ivy League came around 1954 when the NCAA Athletic Conference Division I was formed. At the time, the elitism of these schools was really due to their prestige in the realm of sports, like basketball. Although the term Ivy League was not created until the 1950s, many of these schools were existent as far back as 1636 when John Harvard became the first benefactor of Harvard University. This school is located in Boston, Massachusetts area. Yale formed in 1702, uh, located in Connecticut. Goes on and on here in this story. So, And there's different rivalries and things like that. So people look at the Ivy League as the elite group of eight schools in the northeastern part of the United States. And they are prestigious, and they are impressive. And some, in some ways, it's instant 
credibility if you have a degree from these schools. However, some of it is in the eye of the beholder as well. So it just depends on what measurement uh, you're, you're using. I think that small colleges, small universities, Christian and nonprofit schools, I think are equally and sometimes even better than the Ivy League schools. Now, this is my opinion, total editorial here, but I think the most important thing you can do as a student or the parent of a student is to ask God where he wants you to go and pray about that. It might have to do with the field that you seem to be led into. Uh, Some schools are going to be better than others at that. It might be living close to where family's at. Going off to college is and, and university is very challenging. Having a safety network, a little support structure there, going to a school that maybe is not as prestigious, but that you have family in the area, might make the difference between you being successful or not. What can you afford? Dave Ramsey talks about this a lot in Financial Peace University. Do you really need to get $150,000 into debt? If you do the math, your return on investment on college if you go to a school that costs 50000 a year and you have to get that deep into debt just so you can have a prestigious degree that might or might not get you a job that pays 10000 a year more than someone graduating from a less prestigious school, your return on investment will be decades, if ever at all. I bumped into a gentleman when I was renting a car in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in February, and he had his master's in English literature from a prestigious university. And he was working the rental counter at a dollar rental car. So not that that happens to everyone, but I think you do need to remember that just going to a school with a certain name does not guarantee a degree or any level of wealth or success. Really, you need God's hand of blessing on your life. That's my little commentary. Anyway, let's go back to this list here. I do have the 2018 commencement graduation speakers list. Let's see here. There's quite a few. Um, Josh Groban, for example, is speaking at High Point University. Uh, on He already spoke. It was last week. Let's see. I'm going to look through this list here and try and uh, go. Hannah Storm, ESPN anchor, speaks at the University of Portland. Deepak Chopra uh, spoke at the University of Southern California. Oprah Winfrey spoke at USC Annenberg. Michael Bloomberg Spoke at Rice University. Uh, Let's see here. Michael Keaton spoke at Kent State. Uh, Let's see. As I'm looking through the list here, I'm just trying to... Tim Cook, Apple CEO, spoke at Duke. Anna Quinlan, the author, spoke at Springfield College. Andrea Mitchell, a journalist, spoke at University of Pennsylvania. Queen Latifah spoke at Rutgers, Newark. Dan Schulman, PayPal CEO, spoke at Rutgers, Brunson. Brunswick, sorry. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, New York University this this week. Abby Wambach, retired soccer player, spoke at Bernard College this week. Uh, Let's see. We got some speaking even today in the States. Uh, Let's see. Trying to find some. uh, Some of these I just do not recognize. Trying to find some that that are interesting and kind of famous. Some of these pop up a couple times. There are a few of these that speak multiple times. Benicio Del Toro, actor, speaking on the 27th at Mercerberg Academy. Uh, Let's see here. 
That's the Facebook COO, Cheryl Sandberg, is speaking at MIT June 8th. Some of these schools go a little later than others. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Renee Fleming, the famous soprano, speaks at Northwestern University on the 22nd of June. I can't believe that their school runs that late. So, you know, I guess however you measure success, uh, you can look towards people that speak at commencement addresses and you can look at them as people that have achieved a great deal. But when you look at kind of the big picture, the I, the the ideals set by Scripture, not just by man's uh, general equivalent of, of success, you have to look at what does Scripture say real success is. For example... It says, the Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, The Bible says that what profit is it if a man gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Because what is there that's in exchange for your soul? So I guess my my final word on this topic is it's great. I mean, these universities, people work hard, they sacrifice, they... They, we have students here they are going to go off and do these great things at different schools, and we, we are supportive and optimistic for them. But achieving a certain status through going to a certain school or university or having a certain type of diploma on your wall or a degree or some letters after your name or driving a certain kind of car or having a certain kind of job or having a certain size bank account or, or a certain size house, all these things are very temporary, and they're very fickle. And so you have to base your view of success in life on something that supersedes, that kind of overrides all of these other things because those things will come and go, and life is over in a snap. So I would recommend that you invest your life, not not divest in education or divest in hard work. Those things are super important. And if you're on the path to go to college, go to college. If you're going to a university, go to a university. You're going to Ivy League, you know, you go out there and kill it. We need more well-educated, hardworking individuals in churches and in our communities. But make sure that your first goal, your first goal, as you work heartily in whatever you do, you're doing it as unto the Lord, and not unto men, because Colossians chapter 3 says that our reward is going to come from the Lord, not from men. So whatever we're doing, whether we eat or drink, 1 Corinthians 10.31, we should be doing it all to the glory of God. So if you're going to school, do it for God's glory. If you're going to go out and get a trade, do that for God's glory. If you're raising a family, do that for God's glory. If you're doing any number of things, make sure you're doing it for the glory of God, with your whole heart. It's important. You don't want to waste your life seeking things that aren't going to satisfy. So many people out there do that. Some of these same people that speak at these big name universities as commencement speakers and people assume, well, they must be happy. They must be fulfilled. But it's not necessarily true. And if you look at some of the speakers, like Steve Jobs, one of the most famous commencement addresses of all time, he's already in eternity. And so... It's very important for you to invest your life in something that's eternal. Hey, if you need some more advice about that, come see us here at Harvest Baptist Church Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. 
We'd love to have you visit us. Come introduce yourself. Let let us know that you heard about the church through this radio program. And that's about it for today. You've been listening to Live Till 5 here on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. I'm Jared Baldwin. This was episode 265 of Live Till 5. Fastest two hours of my week. Have a great weekend.